Have you guys ever had uh, that beverage called LaCroix before? Uh, yeah. yeah. Back in 2017, sure. it was like a really big deal. Everyone was drinking them. Um, well, I had some in my uh, mini fridge, um, and I looked at it today to take one out, and I saw that both sides of it were swollen completely. Like, they were completely swollen out. And I realized that they were probably frozen. My mom had quickly put it back in the fridge because it could explode. So right as I went to put it back in the fridge in like this perfect slot that it holds both sides, like both the lids perfectly, it blew up <laughs> and it shot ice <laughs> into my eyes. Um, uh, and that my eyes ow. actually hurt right now. They're still they're hurting for about like about two, last three hours or so. Um, but that was an interesting experience. Dang. I didn't realize that LaCroix frozen could be ice bombs. Like it shot yeah. ice at a very high speed. Like it hurt a lot. <laughs> so... I think you can use those in Fallout 4, right? If you ever get, dude, seriously, if you ever get a frozen LaCroix, be careful. Don't let it blow up in your face because it can blow up in your face. And if it, if I didn't put it in that slot, it could have like seriously blown up because it like stopped it from ex- completely expanding out. And I'm not sure that made it worse. Oh my or not. god! But right now, you it's actually stuck huh. in there, and I can't pull it out because both lids have been. I don't know. <laughs> it was an interesting experience. That's I got an ice bomb today. <clears throat> Uh, oh yeah, we're here talked about video games though. Sorry, so that, that was off topic. We're here to talk about games, games of, of the, genera- the decade, games of the generation, or generation. <laughs> yeah, generation. games of the generation. So part two. as you all know, we were last just you know today about five minutes ago talking about what was the last game? I think it was Mario Odyssey. That's what, that's what the list says. Yeah. No, I this remember is five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, Mario Odyssey. Yeah. So now um, we're moving on to. Near Automata, which I'm like the only person in any of the people that I know who's played this game. I don't see no everyone I recommended play it, they didn't play it or didn't like it. So, Oren, did you play it? Yeah. Okay. Finally, uh, someone. So did good. You, it, did you get the it, D or C ending? One of the two. I can't remember, but I was just. I'm just gonna throw a hyperbole out there right now and just say uh, most original video game story t- storytelling of the generation straight up so yeah. inspired it was so really, meta yeah i love that about that game i love it so much that game was awesome that was that's still one of my one of my, one of my favorite games of the generation for sure awesome mm. platinum combat on top of this kind of post-apocalyptic like semi-open world by platinum and and uh that that storytelling the, the meta nature of it all the 26 different endings yeah the characters yeah, what's so wild about that game too is that all of the meta stuff in the game have a purpose in the sense that it's trying to explore these bigger ideas of what it means to be a sentient being and just asking the big questions, but in a way that's really playful and meta. And um, it, it's almost like Yoko Taro, the head game designer, took what Hideo Kojima started with Metal Gear Solid, especially the uh, Psycho Mantis fight. had the same thought. Yeah, yeah. Like, he took that and expanded it into, like, this giant... He just took it to the moon. He took that idea to the moon, and it's Hmm. fantastic. It's a really great game. I felt like it had that same kind of, like... It reminded me of Hideo, like, this kind of, like... That game also kind of asked the question, like, what does it mean to play video games? And what... what, like, can the community, can we can we do something greater than ourselves for what we do for someone else? Like, it has all that stuff in there so well. Um, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but, man, there's, so, there's stuff I haven't got to talk with anyone about in that game that I thought was amazing. Um, Maybe we could do it for a game club. Um, yeah, you have to actually get, force me to play get the right ending, though. I think it's the D ending. I can't remember which one. When will you so get you the credits? For. Okay. You get the proper credits. You get the real credits. If you get the, the not real ending, the credits, like, fly like at a million miles an hour and it's really funny but if you get the hmm. right ending the credits are different and you'll know that okay. they're distinct i uh, want to play I, this game yeah. but i just uh it's been hard to hard to do Orin. It, it it's worth it's worth your time it's it's not that long um to get the complete experience it takes about 30 hours i will say that i yeah. did talk to somebody who's cat who played this game casually and they played through it once and they were like yeah it's a pretty good game and i was like well did you start up another playthrough? And he yeah. was like, no. And I was like, oh, then you didn't even experience the game. <laughs> like, yeah, you only got like the first third of the game. <laughs> hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got to play through it at least three times to yeah. see why the game is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. Definitely. Awesome. Near Automata. Next up, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, my favorite game of the why generation. Why were you even bringing this game into this margin. list? Yeah, it's just yeah. some early uh, access <laughs> garbage, you know what I mean? It's uh, honestly like it's like for me, the way I think about video games, the most interesting things that that a video game does is how it makes us feel like the interior sort of you know, phenomenology. For sure. And PUBG made me feel feelings that no other video game had made me feel maybe ever or at least in a very long time. Um it gave I, me like a like a yeah. I, the only reason I made that joke was because when we did our games of the year in 2017, I like put that game as my like the, the lowest game of of my, right. my list, and then I took it off. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm mostly just referencing that moment. Um, but I actually right. do love PUBG, just for the record. Yeah, it, I it's I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it because we've talked a ton about it. I've made videos about it. There's, there's been a lot of talk about PUBG, but PUBG. In its 2017, 2018, maybe 2019 state, definitely not now. Sadly, it's not the same game anymore. That's kind of a, a long other discussion about service games changing. But it, it was it was a remarkable thing, and it was extremely fun. And, and there's a reason that so many people put so much time into it, and it broke so many records. I have one like the, inter- interesting mm-hmm. question about PUBG. You think if PUBG didn't exist, would Fortnite exist? Would the Epic Game Store exist? I don't think yeah, they would. No, no way. Like Fortnite came out. And it was a total piece of shit yeah, not the survival game. game that nobody yeah. liked. Uh, and then they made that mod. Now it's Fortnite. Like, no, but I, I don't think Battle Royales would have taken off. PUBG basically delivered the promise that DayZ, like, hinted at. Yeah. Like, it, it gave you that experience. Um, and no other game of that style has really done it. Like, the Battle Royale genre has moved away from what PUBG did, in, in my mind, that what, what made PUBG so good. Because it's... It, because because people don't want to be bored, they don't want to risk being bored or losing a lot. Like like PUBG had kind of like a high range of emotions, so it's a bummer that that I don't think we'll see another game like PUBG for a while. But whatever, still playable. Yeah, it's still playable. It's still fun, but it's not the same game in my opinion. Um, anyway, let's move on. Prey, uh, another game from 2017, which is crazy year. Prey is like my favorite of the the immersive sim games. I, I had pretty, such a, a good experience with that game. That's a reasonable, that's a that's a good one. I think you can make a very strong case for that. I mean, it's like literally the twentieth game that I've played where you're a person trapped on a derelict space station and you've got to uncover a mystery and survive all kinds of shit. But like, I had I just felt so invested in the world and in my character and had such a good time just making my way through Talos One. Yeah, it was just a very rewarding at every step. Uh, yeah. I remember playing it, and when I first played it, I was like, this is cool, whatever, like, in the beginning, and all was fine. And then when I, when I got to the hardware lab, which is, like, the first part where it's kind of open, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, like, give me that system shock feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. Bioshock, to a lesser extent. Uh, and that was that was definitely really awesome. I, I liked how, like, they had all the different gadgets, like the glue gun. You could, like, climb anywhere with that. It had all these different tools. give you a lot of tools to really tackle stuff. I think they, like, they went more into that tools kind of of way of doing that than any of the games before that, like Bioshock or mm-hmm. even System Shock 2. I think that game has, like, the most options. Did you play it, Orin? Yeah, I did play it. Uh, I really liked it. I kind of want to go back and replay it because uh, there was this YouTuber. His name's Racevic. He did a video mm-hmm. on Prey, and he said that part of the magic of that game is replaying it so many replaying it multiple times because the way you can traverse that space station can really you can really traverse it any way which way you want to traverse it and that's pretty it's pretty neat that a game like that could exist because even bioshock and bioshock infinite um games like that or even the dishonored games they're a little bit more restrictive in terms of how you progress. So it's cool that Prey has so much freedom to progress uh, any which way you want. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, next up, Tekken 7. I'm an, a long-time Tekken player since like Tekken 2, basically, particularly Tekken 3 and Tekken Tag. I, I probably spent like $1,000 in the arcade back in the late 90s on Tekken Tag. So it, <laughs> Tekken 7 is not my favorite Tekken game. I do think it's... A, a pretty incredible game though and it's it's fun to play for me it was Tekken 7 was kind of like what Gears 5 did for me for Gears or 
I don't know. I guess a couple like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze did like they they were it was a successful sequel to a franchise that I liked that I hadn't played in a long time, and it kind of mm-hmm. really brought me back into it and reminded me of why I liked it. Um, same with Half Life Alex. Like when I haven't played a series for a long time, I kind of like yeah whatever about it. But once I played that sequel and it reminds me of all the things I liked about it back in the day, uh, that's like a that's a pretty cool thing. Um, and I think Tekken Seven is a very well executed fighting game. I played it almost three hundred hours. Two more than. Yak is like a dragon. 270 hours play Tekken yeah. 7. So. <laughs> I, I think it's the worth. best modern fighting game. Yeah. Like I, That's the one I would advise people towards. Uh, it's deep enough, yet like new player friendly enough to be to be good for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Surge. I think I'm the only one who played Kevin, this, right? I, Did you guys play this? You're the only one who played it, yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't played it, no. Uh, I, still, I still would argue this is the best Souls-like game. Um, surprisingly so uh, I didn't I pre-ordered it I don't know why my, my co-worker called it the splurge when I pre-ordered it I don't know why <laughs> that uh, I did that I just thought I just hoped that it would be like a really cool sci-fi kind of Dark Souls game and it was it actually was it was like well made and fun and it ran day one I got 120 FPS launch day on that game and mm-hmm. I was like this is impressive for a game of a smaller budget smaller team and it runs well, and it looks good, and it had didn't have weird bugs, and I felt like that was like a weird th- moment to have that in a game. I was so used to games launching and having problems, mm. um, but also just in terms of design, it's a it's it's very well, it's, it's a good Souls like game. The bosses are the only part that's kind of like lamo, lamo, but I like the environments, I like the enemies, I like the weapons, so it's good. Yeah, I got to play it. Uh, all right, what remains of Edith Finch is actually one of my favorite games of the generation, like like top five kind of thing. It's it's a walking sim game. I played it in one sitting. Um, I think my eyes sweat a little bit at the ending of the game. It's just a really well told story. It walks you walk through the world and explore it, and the the story kind of unfolds in just a really really incredible way. Like it's 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 hard to say too much without spoiling it. But like every there's a bunch of different sequences where you learn about specific characters, and each sequence has a different set of mechanics that kind of the mechanics kind of tell the story of that character. Um, which which is a good way of keeping the storytelling kind of grounded in in a mechanical way. Um, I, I I just I love that game. I think it's I think everybody should play it, like particularly people who don't play a lot of video games. I That's it, one that I really want to play. I really uh, like. I've this. heard so many good things. Yeah, it's it's good. I I I want to say stuff, but I guess I shouldn't about it. Uh, there's there's one perspective, one part you have to play the perspective of a, of a baby, and that part is like so well done it's so mm. it's so accurate to like how a child sees something and i thought that mm-hmm. was like really cool so i just replayed that game again recently and that was like that part stuck out more the second time mm. than the first time so yeah the, i would say it's like it's it is the most it's the it's the walking sim i recommend people play the most like i think i just really do think everybody should play that game you think Particularly it's better than people. Uh, stanley parable uh yeah definitely uh, Stanley Parable is great too, so I mean that's that's not a knock against. I just I think Edith Finch is just a really really good game. I think it is too. Uh, Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus um, is uh, I don't know I, I like it a lot. Like I, it's I, as, as I said in the past, it's a game that I feel like the gameplay isn't quite as good, or maybe it's the level design isn't quite as good as uh, the storytelling. Like it feels like two different teams worked on this game, but two it's two different uh, teams did work on that game. Okay, so so like it's like literally there's 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 like a cleft between what I'm doing in the game in and uh, the storytelling, but it's like the story is fucking bonkers and really really entertaining and good, and the gameplay is pretty good too. Like Kevin, you love this game. Yeah, I think I always say like I think it might be my favorite game to shoot in. I just think that they, I always talk about this like kinetic feeling that I get from shooter games that like the way that you shoot and the way the enemy interacts and the way the guns feel and all that stuff. That game, I feel like, is just at that level of where it feels like the 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 for me the perfect game for me for shooting. I think the shooting feels better than Doom 2016, and I love the way the Doom feels. So it, there's something about the way the guns just animate and sound, the way they hit the enemies, the way the enemies react. I just I love all that stuff. Um, I think the story is also obviously awesome, and uh, the more I play Wolfenstein 2, the more I appreciate the design. Like I played through it again a uh, second time and really dove into the three different ways you can play it and they actually mm-hmm. are very well fleshed out and thought out and designed like there's a there's a lot more there than i think that initially appears on the surface when you play it so yeah 
Yeah, I think kind of going off that too, just uh, in a broader context, I think the reason why this game hit so hard with so many people is because it came out the same, like the fall after Charlottesville happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think a lot of people found a lot of catharsis playing playing a game about killing Nazis, right? Uh, and, and But that's part of the brilliance of that game is that it's a, a, sil- it's a silly shooter, a silly violent shooter, but it still takes itself seriously. It takes what it's about seriously. And I think that resonated with a lot of people. So it's kind of good like stuff. the Yakuza appeal, right? It's the same kind of dichotomy of like serious and not. I, I think that's that's good to have. When you get a little bit too brooding, some some of those games it can be not as it can right. it can't. Right. I think it works yeah. it can. No, I, I think the storytelling in that game is worth the price of admission. And the shooting mechanics are really good. I just feel like some of the level designs are just Nintendo 64. Like a couple of them are just kind of like, Oof. yeah. But but I, I really really liked it. I think we did a whole a whole spoiler podcast about it like we did three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're we're out of two, 2017 is over the the greatest year in the history of the, the medium, <laughs> and we're into 2018, which is just a pretty good year. But um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I played this year, is like I would say it's my favorite of the sort of. Ubisoft style open world games. I haven't played too many Ubisoft games, but a lot of other people do that that style. Um, I played it all the way to the end. I, I found myself extremely immersed in that world and really, I thought the combat was just good enough and the exploration was really rewarding and fun. Uh, like, I, I just, I, I really like that game. Yeah, I feel similarly. I played it like 80 hours. I played this in Origins a lot. Uh, I I love the setting of it. The Greek setting is just so awesome. The armor sets are also fun to customize on your character. I mm-hmm. love, um, I don't know, it's just nice to have a game that's not fantasy, that's open world and has sword yeah. combat because I am really sick of fantasy in that regard. Yeah. So really cool. Oren didn't play uh, it. Uh, I, did, I didn't play it, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested. I, 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 th- I was kind of between that and The Witcher 3 earlier this year in terms of a game I wanted to play, and I mm-hmm. ended up going with The Witcher 3. But maybe uh, next year I'll play it. Yeah, when, when you get bored. Uh, the next game, I think, is actually the first next-generation game, as we, we, we joked about earlier. Like, Control mm-hmm. is, is just like a super stylish third-person shooter with, with some pretty fun... Uh, magic-y kind of mechanics of like the kinetic mechanics, I guess, right? Uh, set in, in just this bonkers, like Terry Gilliam-esque nightmare world. Yeah. It's almost like X-Files or something. Yeah. No, or definitely. Very, very Fates X-Files. Or, yeah, it just has this... It, I love how mysterious that game is. Like, the setting and everything mm. is just so... It's like, what is happening here? What is going on? Yeah. It's so abstract and bizarre. Um, I, I actually... Aaron and I had a conversation... I don't know about a year ago, I guess about our favorite FPS campaigns, and we, you know, we had Fear, Half Life, Team, all, all that kind of stuff. But I almost think I'd put this in there with with within that list. I think like so far from what I played, I I, I would actually say it's in there. I really, I really it's not an FPS way. game though. But yeah, I, but, I, <laughs> I mean, see what you're saying. It's a third, it's a shooter. It's a, the best. It's of a pedigree sh- for sure. I th- I think it's of that quality is really what I'm trying to say. Trying to yeah, I think it's it's very high quality, well made. There's like a perfect balance between the shooting and the magic abilities. I think that just come together very well uh, i'm gonna be super anal about this but it is i, I thought uh control was 2019 or is this was it 2018 i remember it coming out last year oh man you might be right <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter let's talk about control um yeah i i really like control i think um <laughs> he's right what made yeah ah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine whatever uh but um what I like about Control is uh, all the side content and uh, specifically the objects of power. Mm-hmm. Mm. All of that stuff was so great. Like the stuff with the anchor, the anchor side quest was incredible. The fridge side quest was incredible. The mirror, like just just kind of uh, seeing these objects that are heavily supernatural and trying to uh, see what the side story behind them is is super was really amazing all of that stuff the main story was good but what really made the game for me was all the side content for sure and just the uh the setting yeah i think remedy really dove into their specialty of that kind of storytelling stuff but they built it on top of i think their best gameplay yet 
Yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. that. Don't play it on consoles, though. It's not <laughs> or correct. play it on next-gen consoles. It's yeah, supposed to have a pretty gen. good yeah, version coming out. It, it really was not meant to be released on base PS4 or base Xbox. Um, mm. Not at all. Bummer. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 hard to run on a PC. And it, it looks, with everything turned on, it looks very, very impressive. It is a very good showpiece for ray tracing. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dragon Quest Builders 2? That's mine. Did anyone else play this? No? No. Uh, uh, I, I haven't played it, but I know that when I do play it, game of the generation. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's basically like Minecraft. I was, I was, it's, it's a Minecraft and, and like a JRPG with a narrative combined. Um, I was very well impressed how well Minecraft and a JRPG fit together. It's actually like a very natural fit. Um, that was that's cool. Akira Toriyama's art, obviously, you know, is top level. So everything in that game looks really awesome. I love the soundtrack. Aaron hates the soundtrack. I, I was in his house, stuck there playing that game, and he was like, "I don't hate it. It's just it was like it kept playing the same like three bar <laughs> loop over and over again." <laughs> um, yeah, oh, no. it's fun to build yeah. in that game. I really just want to mention that uh, he's wrong about that. By the way, it's not three bars; it's much longer. But I just want to—I want to mention like the writing in that game is so funny. Like, I made me—it's one of those games that made me laugh a lot. Like, it's very like just—it's very—it's just really comical. But it does actually have a, like a you know a lot of heart to it too. It's good. It's fun. If you want like a if you want a Minecraft with like a building element or with a story element, play that game. Don't play it on Switch yeah. though. The performance is terrible. Play okay. it on PC. Or PS4. Yeah. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Oh. Is that even of this gen? This is like a re-release, right? It's a remaster? I don't know. Does it count? That's up to I mean... Well, well, I don't, how list, about this? So. Is Wii U this gen? I mean, Breath of the Wild, same deal. It's a Wii no, U Breath game Breath of the Wild was a Switch game. No, it was a Wii U game. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, the best Donkey Kong ever, my opinion. Maybe even really? one... Yeah, I think maybe even that that level of, of uh, does it play like the older Rare games? Yeah, it does. Okay, um, it's better actually. I think they refined it. It doesn't have that '90s feel anymore. It feels like a modern uh, jumping mm-hmm. game. I, I the platforming is like it's a very challenging game. Uh, will, definitely will keep you engaged in that regard. It's Donkey Kong in that regard still. Uh, and they got David Wise do the soundtrack again, the classic composer. So hmm, that's, that's that's awesome. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Um, I say I think Retro really understands what makes a good platformer, and they did they did so. Oh, Retro good. Studios made it. Yeah, the guys that made uh, the Metro games or Metroid. Uh, Metroid. Metroid Prime. Yeah, yeah, Metro. Yeah, yeah. They, wow, they killed it. I mean, that, I, that, this game. I actually didn't know that. I think this game's. I, I think it's a masterpiece. I'm not joking. Like I, I, that hmm. is, in my opinion. So. All right. Um, all right. Dusk. Kevin, lead us in on this one. Um. Dusk is the first game that I've ever played in my life where I turned the aliasing up. Like I didn't use anti-aliasing. Mm-hmm. I turned. I wanted more aliasing. So that definitely gives more you, jaggies. Yeah, more pixelated pixels. <laughs> an idea of the kind of game it is totally a '90s FPS classic. I I think it is a classic. Actually, I would say it's at that. It's pretty. It's pretty good, right? Definitely. Like, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's really good. It's really well made, well designed. I think uh, that developer David. I can't say his last name top of my head but he yeah. i think he's destined to do great things i know they're supposed to add multiplayer to that so i'm hoping for some co-op mm. um but totally if you want like a doom quake kind of fps game i'd say check out dusk it's at that level but i'd say uh, there's been a lot of doom quake remake kind of games like this, this is the top tier like this is the s tier of of, sure. of the sort of like throwback shooters it's more throwback than than taking anything from more modern games whereas like uh Proteus is, is taking is is both throwback and a little bit of more modern game, and I say Wrath is also throwback with some modern influences. This is is a little more throwback, it but it's it's really really well done. It's much more about keycard hunting and that kind of the gauntlet influence that Doom had, and strafe jumping and just yeah. crazy flick shots and just yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. great. It is a really really fun game. Like yep, it's it's great. I was thinking of doing a second playthrough on it actually recently. Uh, Into the breach. That's a good ass game. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's like chess, sci-fi chess, right? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I would say more accurate, like right? Advance Wars. It's like Advance Wars. Yeah, it is Advance yeah. Wars, which is 
like which is like chess but um, right it's yeah. one of those things that like you can see you'll, you'll you'll set up your move and then you'll make it and then you're like oh fuck i totally shouldn't have done that in the same way that when you like you know you, you make a chess move and you like take someone's like knight and then they're like yeah we just open up your queen dumbass and they take your queen you're like oh my god how did i not see that like i had many moments like that hmm. in um in into the breach yeah, I think what I love about that game is uh, I also love FTL by the same studio, but sometimes in FTL, I, I would feel like there was just like a lot of RNG. Like yeah, the, the reason why definitely. I would die is because just events unfolded in a way that I couldn't predict. Uh, and Into the Breach, you, it really is a science, right? Where Where you really have to think about what is the best, most equitable move in this moment. And that kind of precision was really a nice change of pace from FTL. Mm-hmm. Also, right, it's ba- also, also, it's basically just Pacific Rim, the game, which is pretty awesome too. So, yeah, though we should mention it is a turn-based strategy roguelite or roguelike. Or, it's hard to say. I think you, you pr- there's a progression, so roguelite. There's a roguish um, quality to it. Yeah, right. there is. <laughs> uh, and it's. Really beautiful 2D graphics, incredibly uh, beautiful chiptune soundtrack. It's, it's, it's a good game. It's dope. Kill those kaiju. Uh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, who, a, who developed this game again? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that like that small indie game that came out in yeah. 2018? Yeah, yeah. small it's indie like, game. Talk about blockbusters. Red Dead 2. I it, it was the cyberpunk of 2018. Yeah. Um, definitely was you know i i really love red dead but i have a lot of critiques to red dead as well i but i definitely would put yeah. it on the top list i just i still find it frustrating to play you move slowly everything is slow it's clunky but story is awesome right we all agree on that arthur morgan is one of the best protagonists in in, in recent memory very charismatic yeah charismatic likable dude believable person he's very flawed too he does things i think for reasons that i can understand you know, like I, I, he's con- mm-hmm. he's conflicted. I think he's the most human rock star character I've ever seen. Yeah, they've, they've usually are kind of psychopaths. John Marston yeah. maybe less so, but Arthur Morgan is more human than than John Marston in my opinion too. So, right. I, yeah, yeah. I would say like to go off of Arthur Morgan. Like what I really love about that character is, I feel like his conflicts was just so fascinating. I, I felt like it was a character who's almost fighting his own obsolescence yeah. in this modern era. And you just kind of see this, this kind of slow decay of this gang admits all of this industrialization. And it's just kind of fascinating seeing an open world game that is so massive bound by very specific themes and ideas. And I think that's really hard to pull off. Yeah. I I think it's a beautiful game, both narratively and visually. It's one of the most enchanting and well-rendered 3d open worlds uh, in gaming. And like I spent most of my time, yeah, just exploring and like going on camping trips and hunting and like doing little shit. Like I was very much able to make my own fun in that game, which I think is should be lauded. That's, that is a, a feature I look for in an open world game. I think the mission design is horseshit. Um, is really really bad. And comparing it to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, it's like, oh, this is why these missions are so bad because these missions are from like literally twenty years ago. PS two um, design. But other than the mission design, I think it's it's a fantastic game, and I don't really even mind the the clunkiness that is there. It kind of it, somehow it like roots me in the world. Like it, it works for me. I can see why it wouldn't work for a lot of people, but like I see what they're doing, and for me, it kind of works. It, it's a little bit immersive. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those. It's it's one of those games where uh, it really boils down to how much you're willing to be bothered by the flaws. Because you can nitpick that game to death. And I do a lot too, but I think overall it achieves what it sets out to achieve. Definitely. For sure. Return of the Obra Dinn. I wish I had played this. Uh, Tell us about it, Orin. Just an amazing puzzle game. Just fantastic puzzle game. Uh, I'm a big fan of that developer, Lucas Pope. Uh, I loved Papers, Please. This one's... 
this one isn't thematically as engaging as Papers, Please. Papers, Please had so much to say about immigration and the catch-22 of immigration policies, etc., etc. But this game's just great in the sense of how deep it goes with its puzzle sol- solving. It's, it, it's, gosh, it's just a great puzzle game. That's what it comes down to. Um, really engaging our art style, too, that's reminiscent of the early Mac era games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't do anything amazing with the story, but I just think the whole presentation of it and how you solve each murder and how it's structured, it's just very engaging and great game, great indie. Yeah. Subnautica. Uh, Subnautica is one of my all-time open-worldy type games. It, it's it it's such a incredible such an incredible sense of exploration that that game just like lights in you and you just follow it to the end of the game uh the world is entirely underwater so it's not well 99 underwater anyway like it's pretty much unlike any other video game that i've played it it definitely fulfilled sort of like what i think a lot of people wanted out of um the hell was that game called no man's sky <laughs> no man's sky yeah yeah what do you think kevin uh awesome game um, the best style game I've ever played, hands down. Yeah. Not even a question. Yeah. Um, the world is also one of those amazing worlds of like, I'm always seeing things. I want to always explore them. Like I just, I couldn't wait to get better technology so I can go deeper and see more. Um, it's also a game that I felt personally very stressed and it's like very, like it's, a, it's totally a horror game up my alley in mm-hmm. that regard of like, I'm very frightened by like large underwater creatures. So that's like totally a horror game that scares me, um, which I really uh, liked. I also think it really nails isolation, just the feeling of mm-hmm. isolation, the experience of it, like really well. Um, and I really like that about that game. There, like, there's really no NPCs talking to you at all the whole game. Yeah, it, it's also terrifying. It's a terrifying it game. It really is. <laughs> <coughs> one of my one of the best horror experiences of the gen, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. that's. I, it's weird. I don't even think it's much of it in terms of horror, but I just had such. Like, I just felt like I was living in that world and I was doing my own things. It's kind of the same thing with Prey. Like, when I get into these games, these open world games where I'm just like, I'm doing my own thing and maybe I'm, I'm following all the breadcrumbs and I'm actually doing what the game designers want me to, but I feel like I'm on a, I'm in my, I'm in the world, I'm doing my own thing and I'm like, f- like just making my own moves. It's like, and it feels like I'm really there doing it and it's like reacting right. Like, it, it it's, it's a rare thing and I really love Subnautica for that. Also, the environmental storytelling. It's awesome in that game. Yeah, finding all the different good. human settlements and everything, exploring the the crash ship, all that stuff was just so fun. Yep. All right, that's gonna close up 2018. We're we're getting towards the end here. 2019. We already talked about Astral Chain, but uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Kevin. Uh, I kickstarted that game when I worked as an intern in my current field, which was 2013, and I got to play it six years later. So I definitely had a long a long wait for this game. Um, I think it lived up to the wait. It was it's a successor to uh, uh, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania. Um, I think that they definitely nailed that really well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's totally a Metroidvania in that regard, um, but I, I, it's a very well-executed one. I got to play it. All right. Death Stranding. Potentially my game of the generation, <laughs> like my number one game. I don't know. Uh, I again that I feel like also like near kind of really made me think about what 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 is video games like? What what are they? What do they mean? Why do we play them? Why do we play them the way we play them? Like our expectations about gameplay and mechanics and and certain things. I feel like this game challenged a lot, which I really liked. Um, I feel like Kojima is saying something profound with this game in a lot of ways, which I really appreciated. I also just think it's fun. I like delivering packages. I like exploring the world. I think the world was really well made and handcrafted. Um, mm-hmm. Soundtrack is masterclass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, might might be my number one pick of the, of the gen. Yeah, cool. Uh, Gears Five. Uh, I would say one of the more underrated games. Definitely. Why don't you give us your your take? I'm All right, well, here's, here's my thoughts. You were telling me, Aaron, Gears 5's coming out. You and I was just like, I don't want to fucking play that game. <laughs> like, I was just like <laughs> completely like, no, that is some 10-year-old bullshit. I'm done with cover shooters. But it was on Game Pass, so I played it with Kevin, and then I got really into it, and we played a lot 
of multiplayer. I haven't actually played the single player at all, so I can't comment on that. But the multiplayer I found to be really, really fun. Uh, we did a lot of 2v2 ranked matches, a lot of mm-hmm. team deathmatch. It's just, I don't know, it's it's just a really well-made shooter that only plays like Gears. Because Gears has this very specific thing where most games like Counter-Strike or Call of Duty, you're dead instantly at medium and long range. And Gears, you can kind of survive in medium and long range. But it's all about these close-range shotgun battles, which are they just ca- take a lot of skill to master. They kind of come out like almost like a duel, like this very yeah. 1v1, you trading blows. Uh, I think it's it's totally a product of like 2004 game design, um, but in the best possible way. You know, it's kind of like how 90s shooters are 90s shooters, right? Like this is 2000s mm-hmm. shooters, but I really mm-hmm. like it for that. Um, I think that they refined that and kind of built it into something that's unique now. Like nothing plays like Gears 5. It's a, it's a unique experience, you know? Yeah, it's, it does its own thing. Um, I think it's totally underrated. They're like, no, no, everyone hates on this game I talked to. And I'm like, really? Why? I thought it was fun. Like, I don't know what the problem yeah. is. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, awesome co-op game, awesome versus game. It kind of does all the things. They're all fun. I played every mode a lot. So yeah, definitely recommendation for me. All right, Remnant from the Ashes. Oh, that's a that's a that's a good ass game too. Yeah, R- Remnant is is basically if you take Resident Evil Four and Bloodborne and made a baby. That's what Remnant is. Uh, it's fun. It's just, it's a very short, uh, souls born type experience. It's only about 15 hours long, Mm. uh, but it's endlessly replayable. A lot of it's randomly generated. So you're not always going to get the same bosses every time. And interesting. Yeah. And it's also just great because it's cool seeing a third person shooter, uh, taken and put into a souls born type formula. So and it also has a surprisingly mysterious story that takes some cues from From Software in terms of, like, okay, I'm finding these notes. I don't know what these they mean, but they imply a bigger story that's being told, hmm. and uh, some really insane Lovecraftian abominations that you fight and uh, Lovecraftian concepts. It's great, very underrated. I think it's my cool. personal favorite non FromSoft Soulsborne game. Nice. All right. It was free on the Epic Store a while back. I picked it up, so I have to have to check it out. Okay, I got to talk about this game real quick. Resident Evil 2 Remake, I did not play, but when it came out, Oren was telling me how much he loved it, and I ended up going back and replaying Resident Evil 2. <laughs> like, like 100%. Uh, so, which, which was awesome. Like, that was such a good experience last year. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of the remake? My favorite horror experience of the gen, for Same. sure. Um, and that's saying a lot because I think Subnautica mm-hmm. really killed it on that regard. But right. I think that this game, uh, the, I mean, Mr. X, right? I mean, yeah. he's, the, <laughs> he's the star of the show, right? I mean, I just love watching him walk through the doors in that game. He holds his hat. Like, he, there's so much character in his design and just his tension for hearing his footsteps of the place. I think they really capture what Resident Evil 2 was. And then they remade it in a way that was like different, but still very much captured the essence of of the game. Like I think they really, they really, they did a really good job in that regard. Yeah, I just love the gameplay loop of that game, where, for example, it'll just be like, okay, I got to get from A to B with this item, and I have like two bullets in my handgun, and I'm at medium health. Like, should I should I use those bullets or should I, like, take the hit from the zombie in that hallway or should I take another route? Mm-hmm. But if I go down that route, there's that other thing. So I just think that Metroidvania-type gameplay totally. loop uh, where you're constantly managing resources. and It's just fantastic. Especially in the police station. I mean, the police station yeah. is just such a beautifully crafted building. I love exploring it. I feel like I... It's like I can, I, I, it's like a house. Like I live, I've lived there. I know it so well. I know every little mm. room. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a, and it's just great speed running that game too. Um, it's a, yeah. I think I played, I played through the campaign six times trying to get wow. better and better at it. So. I only did it four times. I just did every run for each character. That's impressive. Yeah, it it got to the point where like I would literally be like, um, I have about three hours to kill. I guess I'll just do a Leon B playthrough, you know. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. awesome. I think if you're a horror fan, absolutely do not miss Resident Evil Two Remake. Like, do not miss this game. This is this or is Resident so- Evil fan. 
Yeah, or I mean, if you're a Resident Evil fan, of course you're gonna play it. But if yeah. you're a horror fan, like for video games, this is the one for me. Yeah, yeah. it's arguably the best one. Like it's yeah. up, it's <laughs> top three for sure in terms yeah. of Resident Evil games. I agree. I agree. That's cool. I need to force myself to play it. I have it, and it looks great on an ultra wide. So also, just, just a it. one thing to note: if you have the classic o- soundtrack DLC use it because it makes it it's so much better than the regular games soundtrack oh love. yeah <laughs> and it adds <laughs> right. this, the sound effects and, oh, and and then when you launch the game he says resident evil like it totally it's just it's perfect <laughs> it's perfect that is cool so, uh so sekiro shadows die twice for me reminded me of like the first five hours i had playing uh demon souls except i never never seemed to get better than than that level of of just getting my ass crushed um interesting change from FromSoft, a little more uh, narratively like overt mm-hmm. and a little more difficult of a game <laughs> definitely yeah. a little more. <laughs> yeah great game though I, I i got really addicted to it um i think uh i i the first 10 hours of that game i was so angry and so pissed off because I was I had come off from playing Dark Souls three and Bloodborne, so I was used to rolling, like mm-hmm. rolling was my thing. But Sekiro is all about parrying, and that's so counterintuitive to my play style. So the first ten hours of that game broke me. I was like, I just I don't what who am I? Like where am I in this universe? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? <laughs> and uh, I finally beat it, and then I beat it again and again. And I, it's just amazing. I felt like I turned into a master samurai from being like a novice. So it's awesome. I, I agree. I think that Sekiro build like builds off of what Souls does about like punishes you and makes you you know you have to really work for that victory. But when you get it, it's so feels so earned. And in Sekiro, yeah. it does that. I think even <laughs> even harder. And I think it works and it doesn't. I think sometimes it's a little too hard. Like the final boss when I'm looking at you specifically, like. Hesitation is defeat. How many times have I heard him say hesitation is defeat? That's what I mean, the final boss is when he kills you. I've heard that line probably 90 times. Like, <laughs> the final boss is just too hard in that game. But I think that game is... I'm impressed that FromSoft, like, managed to put out, like, another game that feels like a complete masterpiece and also be different than Souls. Like, it's not a Souls game. It has Souls mm-hmm. elements, but it is totally doing its own thing. It's super vertical. It's a stealth game. Like, it's got all this new stuff that it's doing that I, I, I just... I really appreciate it. I think uh, I don't think it has the same fandom that Souls has, but I think it deserves it. It just doesn't have that multiplayer element. If it had multiplayer, I think people would be playing it just as much as, and talked about it just as much as Souls was. Yeah, you know? no, it, I agree. Yeah. It's there was a really interesting article. I can't remember the exact title. It was something like playing Sekiro forced me to only be able to enjoy multiplayer games or something. This guy played through Sekiro like six times. It's definitely one of those games where you like you get better at the game as opposed yeah. to like just so there's like. That's and that's awesome. It's a pure skill uh, game. Uh, I have a question for Kevin. Um, on the final boss, did you do the lightning trip? Mm-mm. Okay, so so that makes the boss fight way easier because what happens is like there's early in the game you see a scroll that tells you like if you jump when there's lightning and you attack, you you shoot like a lightning bolt at the enemy or something, uh. or or you can parry it back. That's right. So there's this move that the final boss does when he, where he jumps up and he shoots like a lightning bolt at you. But if you jump up you can and you do like a specific like button combination, you can parry that and shoot it right back at him. And it mm. makes the boss fight way easier. And the reason why I bring this up is because every Spoiler boss... Spoiler alert for the final boss. Dude, it's been out way. for like 18 months. Like yeah. you, you lost your chance. You know what I yeah. mean? But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but um but but no nah, i'm just kidding but um anyway retroactive spoil spoiler alert uh i just br- want to bring this up because every boss is kind of like a puzzle once you once you figure out what you have to do the yeah. boss fights become significantly easier it's true and i and i think that's part of the brilliance of that game where it's like you're you're gonna get your ass kicked but once you kind of know the one way to beat a boss it becomes very easy so Kind of like Doom Eternal, huh? Kind of like I Doom do, Eternal. I, I do like how they it 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 like demands excellence from you. Like I I do kind of like that. Like it's like you you can't summon someone in to help you. You can't level up. Like you just gotta do it. 
and you just like gotta that, do it like i said i think yeah. i think it works and it doesn't but i think it mostly works like it works like 90 percent of the time especially when you're not fighting bosses that's the best part of sekiro when you're sneaking around and it's not stealth killing enemies and fighting those like weird powerful monsters and dudes that's like when sekiro to me is at its best this is the last thing i'll say about sekiro as much as i love the game the one thing that I think it did do kind of poorly was the storytelling. Um, mm. I, did, I didn't think the storytelling was nearly as interesting as Bloodborne's. Because um, Bloodborne... It's very direct. It's very direct. Yeah. And, and what makes Bloodborne and Dark Souls so great is... Um, like Hidetaka has this... Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki had, had this philosophy when he was making those games. Saying that uh, when he was learning English, he would read... English books, but whenever there was a word he didn't know, he would just kind of imaginatively fill in like the context himself. And that kind of style, that kind of philosophy didn't translate at all to Sekiro because it was so direct. Like what I love about Bloodborne and Dark Souls is that you, is that you have to leave a lot is left to the imagination as to what happened. And that's what makes those games so interesting where you're like, Okay, it's that iceberg storytelling. It's almost, yeah. almost like a, it's this. like you're using like a metaphor as your game design, and that's what yeah. I yeah. think Near does and uh, Death Stranding do as well. I think both of those mm. things to me, I think, are what elevate all of those games to the highest level for me because of that kind of stuff. I it, think it's, that's it's brilliant. Like the real like whoa, yeah, right. All right, Outer Wilds, the Outer Wilds. Oren, I think you're the only one who's extensively played this game. I played a bit, and I, I did like it, but... Oh, it's... Uh, no, don't man, be too I'm, spoiler around this one, because um, I think fewer people have played it, but... Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll just put it this way. Like, imagine there's, like, a hill, right? Like, a little mountaintop, and there's, like, Hitman there and Bloodborne there and the Outer Wilds there, and those three games are fighting for my game of the generation. Mm. So that's where All that... Right. That's where I hold this game. Um, okay, the thing about this game is there are about nine or ten ep- giant epiphany moments in this game that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Like the 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 the, the concept of this game is that you're basically trapped in a time time loop where at the end of 22 minutes the universe explodes. And then it just resets. So it's basically like No Man's Sky Groundhog Day. Hmm. And the game is a giant puzzle. Like you have to figure out how to stop this loop from occurring. And the game is just riddled with so many puzzles involving the seven or eight planets that you have to explore to solve, to unlock the mystery. But the thing is, is that it's not, there's no sense. The game doesn't like hold your hand. You're, you're, it's very breath of the wild in the sense that you're just kind of left to explore and figure it out on your own. And there are just these incredible mysteries that when you figure them out and you have that epiphany moment, you just, it's just mind blowing, genuinely Mm -hmm. mind blowing. And the one problem I have with this game, as much as I love it, because it's one of the best games I've ever played uh, is that I can never play it again because once you figure out mm. the mysteries of the game, the game has no replay ba- value. Because mm. when you when you play games like Bloodborne, when you play games like The Witcher, like the way you beat those games is leveling up. But in the Outer Wilds, knowledge is and uh, the answers; those are the things that you level up, quote unquote. Yeah. So. Right. I don't know. It it's doesn't a brilliant have game. Mastery. Yeah, mechanical. It, yeah. Right. It's just a puzzle game. Yeah, right? yeah. It's it's just like uh, it's kind of like a prism. Like you see things a certain way at the beginning, but once you kind of unlock knowledge and you see things a different way and you gain new insight, you see things that pr- through that prism in a totally different way. So I don't know. I could I could I could go on and on about this game, but one of the best games yeah. I've ever played, for sure. It's Definitely. what no. It's what No Man's Sky should have been. That's what I would say. All right. And that is going to close up 2019. We're now into 2020, which is is the current year. Um, start with Doom Eternal. We've talked so much about this that I think we can we can gloss over it pretty quick. I love this game. I do think it's it's a good progression for where the series could go. Kevin feels differently. Yeah i I love it and hate it. I think I think it it does the Doom Eternal thing well. Like it's it's good at being. The direction it takes works, but I don't like the direction ultimately. Um, but I, 
I I didn't vote for it for game of the year, even. Mm. And, and I voted for another game, which is surprising because I, if I had told myself six months ago that I voted for this other game over a Doom game for game of the year, I would have been like, <laughs> what true. is wrong with you? What, what has happened? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll talk about that later. But, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like my fifth or sixth favorite game of the year. Like, I hmm. like it. I think it's good. Um, I even love it. Like, there's parts of it that I love. But Doom 2016 was... right? Yeah, Super yeah. Goronex, that super, awesome. the, sh- the shotgun, the double d- dash. There are things I love about the game. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if Doom 2016 was more than the sum of its parts, this felt less than the sum of its parts for me. But it was it hmm. was still a very solid experience. I still liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I For me, like, when I go back and play Doom 2016 now, I'm like, where's my fucking dash? Where's my grenades? Where's my... F-? Yeah, like, I miss, I, I I miss the things. That. So... I think it. I, I'm really. I really like it. The DLC. I have mixed feelings about, but I think the the base game is is outstanding. It, like really, really good. Uh, moving on. Final Fantasy VII remake. Oren, tell us about it. Uh, I love this game. I think. I think it's. I think it's one of the the most surprising video games I've ever played. Like, I'm not a Final right. Fantasy per. Yeah, I'm not a Final Fantasy person. Uh, I know what the story of Final Fantasy VII is for the most part, and there are just di- directions this game takes that totally took me off guard in terms of what my preconceptions of what JRPGs are, what Final Fantasy ga- games are, what tri- uh, AAA games are. It- it's wild. Like, there's one chapter in particular, which I think is chapter eight or nine that has one of the most extraordinary quests that I've ever experienced in any video game. And I was just, I was like it's, crying. It's was, not in the wall market, is it? It's in the wall market. Okay. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea of where this is going. I was literally... I how accurate it is to the original game. Yeah. It's the um, Honeybee Manor or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's the Honeybee mission. That mission was just, oh my God. Like, ugh. Dude. It was so the, good. I've, I've only played the original. Have you played the original game? I have not played the original okay. game. So that's interesting because you have an interesting take then because I played the original and I haven't obviously played the remake. So it'll be fun to see when I play this how it how that jives and how those how those yeah. Are. Uh, uh, let uh, me Honey just Mater put is hilarious. So Final Fantasy Seven, by the way, is a game a very dark game overall, but very has hilarious moments in it. Like some of the funniest moments that I can remember in games too. It's really really funny stuff. So I, I'm curious if that's all been preserved. Like, was it? Do you have a lot of moments where you're cracking up? Well, I, I was I was just like blown away because um, that honeybee uh, mission, it kind of sets itself up one way, but the yeah. payoff the the payoff <laughs> ends up being like one hilarious, but also this incredible celebration of gender inclusivity and all mm-hmm. of this stuff, and like it's just like the whole time I was like, oh my god, my heart my heart like i'm feeling i'm feeling so wholesome right now hmm. <laughs> and it's just uh, uh i mean that mission's a standout but there are other moments like uh i don't want to spoil this but the end of the game was like wow i can't believe they ended the game that way that totally redefines how i think about remakes like it, hmm. it's just it's it's a wild ride it's it's amazing it's definitely one of my favorite games of the year for sure so all right I haven't played it either, but the the original's obviously a classic for a reason. Uh, Hades. Uh, I played a bit of this game. I definitely really liked it, but it did not sink its hooks into me the way it did with you, Oren. Yeah, Hades is fantastic. It's just, uh, I think, I think I'm pretty sure it's my game of the year um, because it's just mechanically perfect. It, it, it takes what Spelunky started, what F- FTL started with the roguelites and just kind of expands it in a way where it actually tells a story that's consistent with those mechanics. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, I think the gameplay is just incredibly satisfying and mm-hmm. responsive. The only other game that gave me the satisfaction that Hades did with its action gameplay is Doom 2016. It just feels great and i love the i love the interpretations of greek mythology 
Uh, all of the gods are amazing. Dionysus is like this bisexual fuck boy, and he's hilarious. And it's just a great game. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Half Life Alex, which is a VR game, Kevin. I only played five minutes of it, so. Uh, I talked you. about it a bit already, but you know, it it I'd say, uh, along with Control, Cyberpunk, it feels like a next gen game. It feels like some. This is the future. This is right. I, after playing it, I was sold on VR. I, I see why Valve decided to make the next Half Life game a VR game. Like I I I got it. It made sense. Uh, this super well designed is by obviously the best VR game I've ever played. Not even nothing else is even comparable that I played in VR to Alex. Like it's just that much better in terms of fidelity but also in terms of design and gameplay are all just at, mm-hmm. that, at that level i haven't beat it yet because i'm afraid of breaking one of the large lg displays i have in my room which i have two <laughs> moderately sized ones now and i just it this room's too small to play vr in so i need to get a larger space before i uh, stick my teeth back into it but definitely if you have a, if you have a vr headset and a pc like don't don't miss alex yeah all right uh the last of us part two we did an entire entire spoiler cast on this one but pretty pretty outstanding triple a you know big big console experience game from beginning to end right yeah i voted for it for game of the year over doom eternal which i would not have expected because i didn't like last of us one i'm not really a big fan of sony's first party games or hadn't been until this point you know i I don't consider from i don't consider bloodborne to be one even though technically it is Actually, no, it's not second party because it's not developed. It's not first party. Yeah, it's second party. It's published, so yeah. I, I hadn't until I played this game really been a fan, but this game, I think, uh, is a very compelling story, narrative storytelling, and mechanically fun. Like, it actually plays really good. Like, it, the, the enemies are smart. The combat feels good. The stealth is high quality. Like, it's actually all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, definitely was worth the, You know, I sat down and just mainlined the whole game. 30 hours, boom. Didn't play anything else. So, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think this is the only game where um, after like like after the final scene and the credits were rolling, I was just sitting there just ugly crying for like 20 minutes. <laughs> was, this game just destroyed me emotionally uh, in, in ways that games rarely ever do. So it did something right if it did that, right? So uh, mm-hmm. I, love, I, I loved it. It's, it's neck and neck with Hades for my game of the year. Um, it's unfortunate that uh the crunch conversation uh the the crunch conversation surrounding the game that is that does taint the experience a little bit but overall it is an amazing game and uh i love it yeah streets of rage 4 kevin um another one of those games i was talking about how they developers have released sequels to games that i hadn't played in a long time and they've done a good job of it this is another one of those i think this game uh kind of helped revitalize the series. I think this is the longest I've ever waited for. I mean, didn't, I didn't wait, but the longest time that I've ever had a game where I played a game and then I played the sequel, like 20 years in between the two games. Like, that's a long that's a long time. It's not the same developer, but it's definitely very accurately in the spirit of Streets of Rage. I think they managed to build on the um, beat-em-up genre and then add some fighting game stuff, like hyper-armor, poised combos, all of these kind of things that are are traditional to fighting games they put it in a beat-em-up and they they've made it really work so it's a game that's mm-hmm. very deep and and complicated if you really put your time into it but it's also very accessible and fun because it's a two-button game um and it's also the the art style the graphics are this is one of the best looking 2d games i've ever seen like no question hmm. yeah so, and the soundtrack i hope the soundtrack is awesome dynamic music so it's funny because i listen to the music for that game i can picture every encounter for that music because i've played through the game a large number of times and uh, mm-hmm. you, the music is dynamic for the fights, so you get, it's very like you associate the music and the, the fights together when you play it a lot, which is really a cool thing. Yeah. All right. Next up is Valorant, which is kind of a debatable. I guess Half Life Alex is also debatable whether or not that's really a game of the generation because it's it's not even on any console yet. But Valorant is a five v five competitive shooter, very much like Counter Strike, but with heroes and ultimates. But they're 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 kind of like minimized to the extent that the it's your people aren't like winning matches with ultimates they're just like little bonuses um and i will say i i like valorant a lot i think it's going to be around for a while the thing more than anything else that valorant really made me do was appreciate counter-strike go (laughs) like playing playing 200 hours of valorant made me i'd be like oh yeah i need to play more cs go and so i kind of go back and forth playing the two um i definitely prefer counter-strike 
it's a little more open-ended, but, uh, but they're both extremely fun and they're really good to play with a group of friends, high level team coordination, um, buttery smooth gameplay. Uh, there's just good stuff. It made me appreciate like what, what it is that an esports title is doing sort of like low fidelity, high responsiveness, um, really good feeling movements and actions. Uh, it's great. I recommend it and it's free to play and you could probably run it on your grandfather's computer. Cool. And the last game on the list, although there will be a special mention, is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, yeah. yeah. The first Yakuza game that I've, I've played through substantially. Um, great, great game. It's JRPG. Uh, there's actually a story reason for it being a JRPG, which I think is hilarious. Um, the game is just all around funny, um, but also really serious and great. Uh, the writing is, is top level, you know. Wolfenstein, you know, uh, you know, Last of Us Two, whatever you want to compare it to, any of the Red Dead, that, that it's at that level for sure. Um, mm. Cutscenes are really, it's it's also told through cutscenes, which I personally really like. So no slow mm. walking in this game at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 you know I talked about it already, but it's it's an awesome game, awesome JRPG. Cool. Uh, I, I guess a game that I, I will give a special mention to, which is not. It's not a game of this generation. Cyberpunk, which I've played now for 20 hours, we just talked about it on another podcast, uh, I do think is is a very high-quality product. But it's not, it's not... It's really a next-generation game. In the same way that Flight Sim, I didn't include Flight Sim on this because that is a next-gen game. Um, there, there's been Alex some good games too. this year. Yeah, that's what, Alex is kind of a next, next-gen game, and even Valorant, even though it's not visually a next-gen game, it's not. I don't think it's going to show up on PS4 or Xbox One. But... Yeah, like this generation was pretty darn good. There was a lot of a lot of good games. Um, it's hard to say. I that, think like, it's the like, best gen. It of, is, of but gaming. like, it didn't really do anything super new, other than maybe battle royales. But it just like it took a lot of the concepts of the previous two generations and like polished them out and like executed at a high level on them. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, about, there's, there's no strand games before. It's the first one I've ever played. There's only one at this point, but yeah, I don't. I still don't even know what that means. But okay, strand games. Yeah, I mean, all of my honestly, when I when I reflect on like what my favorite games of all time are, um, most of the ga- those games came from this generation. So it it could be recency bias, like honestly, but. Um, I mean, Hitman, Bloodborne, Outer Wilds, like those three games, like th- that could be my top three right there. And I think it so is accurate th- to yeah. say, though, what you're saying is that it's definitely like a refinement generation more than a new. It's not yeah. like the 90s. It's not like not like the fifth gen, but it's right. It's still. Yeah, it's like most. the Super NES era of 3D games. Yeah. We're seeing the fruits of a lot of experimentation pay off in, in high levels of execution and refinement. Um, but still, I don't know. Pretty pretty incredible ride. We'll see what this, this next generation brings. Uh, right. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It could just be more of the same, but with ray tracing. Ray tracing's pretty good. Uh, but I, I don't know how much ray tracing we're really going to get because it's so... I don't think the consoles can do it that well. But yeah. I take your point. Uh, well, what, one thought that I like had before we end the podcast, what do you guys think is going to be the big trend of next generation? Because last generation, it was Ubisoft-style open-world games was kind of like the big thing, in my opinion, that dominated. So what do you last think, gen, I think the trend for la- next gen? Last gen, I think be? it was like open-world and shooter games, like big blockbuster shooter games. <clears throat> this gen, I think it was like pretty narrative story games. Was this gen? This gen? Yeah, this gen was I think, like. I think you got like, it backwards. I feel like pretty narrative story games was the previous gen, and this. I thought we were talking seventh or eighth, or, or. I don't know what you mean, but like PlayStation eighth, Four, Xbox yeah, One. This game, yeah, like the the big games, the biggest games were like the pretty single player games. I mean, like Doom is one of the biggest games. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty single player game, but not a story game. But you like PlayStation games. Like yeah, but even PlayStation games had a lot of open world games. Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the kind of action narrative, third-person open-world game. Like you had Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, Witcher 3, uh, Red Dead 2. The list goes on. So 
Yeah, Assassin's Creed. So what, do you guys have any predictions as to what the big genre of next gen is going to be? No. It's I, I kind of think, I mean, if I, if I had to guess right now, I feel like open world is just going to get more. It's just going to be more of it. And it's going to be open world service games that maybe last for years and they keep adding shit. Um, but I don't know. I think there's yeah. going to be some indie game that's going to be something new and it's going to be like original, like a PUBG kind of deal. And then it's going to get copied by the AAA games and refined. I think it's going to be, I don't know what it's going to be, but I think it's going to be something. There's going to be some indie or mod or something. Because also the other, I think the other big games would be mod games, PUBG, League of Legends. But they're not, they're not mod, Fortnite, you know, like games that were based on a mod or something. So it's probably mm-hmm. going to be something like that, right? Because that always seems to it, it's It's just going to be Hades, like the ro- roguelite, like Hades is just going to be, they're going to do a AAA version of that. And it'll be copied. Well, Hades like is a triple A version. I mean, it's not. It's an indie game, but like right. it is the refined roguelite. Yeah, but can you imagine like an like Ubisoft taking that and just running with that formula and making three different franchises around it? <laughs> I guess <laughs> broadly, if I had to think of like what I want games to focus on, first I would like them to focus more on uh, AI and like interactivity and systems and Systemic less on death. graphics yeah. and. Yeah. presentation like, i think that stuff like because there's a lot you could do with with ai and games that they haven't done i think um and i think that's that's like you could really you know like you thought doom eternal plays or left for dead like they're very varied games and how they, they come out and you play you can play them right you know, they, they're different experiences when you play them i think there could, a lot could be done with that kind of system or, I, I think there or, might too because part of what defines the generations is what the hardware can do like the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 4, despite getting some pretty good open world games, were not that good at open the world Xbox games. Xbox 360 way... and PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation 3. Uh, yeah. We're not, they were not excellent at open world games. They didn't have the hardware to do it. Whereas the PS4 and the Xbox One were a bit better at it. So we mm. saw more linear narrative games back then because that's what the hardware could handle. Now we have hardware that's a little more, it was more, a little more advanced, could handle open world games. And now we, we really are seeing like a paradigm shift in, in te- CPU technology. So hopefully, yeah, levels of simulation uh, are, are really going to open up in games. That I think would, that's what I want to see too. That's the direction. Yeah. They no, me, t- me too. <clears throat> I feel like cyberpunk is like trying that, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that heavy in simulation. I would say like no. it's, 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 there is a lot of facade, but, but, like, but it's I like a very convincing. I want it to be like, mm-hmm. I can interact with a lot of the stuff. Like I want a game, a city where I can go in the build all the buildings or like a game yeah. where I can talk to every NPC and they're all, they all have a life. Like I can talk to mm-hmm. any NPC and they actually are living. Like if, if, if I steal a food off of their, that plate in their house, I'll starve to death like an oblivion, but like at a large scale, I think that would be really cool. You can starve to death in oblivion. In oblivion. If you, if you take people's food, they definitely, they'll die they have to eat really yeah in oblivion I, I went into the guardhouse and replaced all their food with poison apples and they all oh, yeah, ate it and all died. <laughs> they have to eat that's them. pretty they funny die. like it's it's a systems uh, game in that regard yeah all right so. well I, that has been the games of the generation in two parts uh i'm glad that we we did it in this format i hope you guys liked it hope the listeners liked it let us know what you think and any final thoughts uh, Bloodborne is the greatest game ever made. You know, so. <laughs> All right, Bloodborne's pretty good. <laughs> Bloodborne's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I All right. But but before we leave, I saw like this really funny tweet from one of the editors at Gamespot, and the Gamespot his name's like Tamor Hussein, I think that's his name, and he he said. Uh, Hey, to all the people who are disappointed about Cyberpunk, uh, there is a perfect game that already exists that you can play instead. It's called Bloodborne, so you should just play that instead if you're disappointed with Cyberpunk. (laughs) Oh, that was great.